John 21, beginning in verse 15. When they had eaten breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said to him. You know that I love you. Feed my lambs, he told him. A second time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, he said to him. You know that I love you. Shepherd my sheep, he told him. He asked him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved that he asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Feed my sheep, Jesus said. Truly I tell you, when you were younger, you would tie your belt and walk wherever you wanted. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will tie you and carry you where you don't want to go. He said this to indicate by what kind of death Peter would glorify God. And after saying this, he told him, follow me. Now, if you just flip a few pages to Acts chapter 20, we will read verses 28 through 32 together. Be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock which the Holy Spirit has appointed you, overseers, to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Men will rise up even from your own number and distort the truth to lure the disciples into following them. Therefore, be on alert, remembering that night and day for three years, I never stopped warning each one of you with tears. And now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all who are sanctified. This is the word of the Lord. This morning, we're going to have an opportunity to sit under God's word and be reminded of some things that um, no matter where you grew up, they're just true about us. And sometimes where you grow up just helps, though. I remember reading in the Bible about us being a, a vineyard. God calls the people of him the, the, the vineyard. Jesus actually says that I'm the vine and you are the branches. Yeah, I have no idea what that means. I've never been in a vineyard. So I have to try to imagine what this is like. Um, and so, okay, you're the vine, I'm the brain. Paul talks about being grafted in. Okay, I think I know what that looks like, but I've, I've never done that. Anybody ever grafted like branches onto something else? Anybody ever? Yeah, maybe a few. But the rest of us just go, huh, I think I get the idea, but I, I don't know if I fully understand what you're saying. And there are all these very powerful images and metaphors that are kind of lost if you don't really understand what's being said. And times have changed. And not just times have changed, but the location that you and I live in is just different than, than this. I remember one Bible scholar actually saying that there are, it's not just a matter of time, that there are places in the world that have a better understanding, a little bit of a, of a, of a head start on us, because as the Bible describes the world of sowing seeds um, or sheep and goats, that they have a better understanding of what those images mean and what they symbolize. And so when I hear people talk about, or the Bible speak about, we are sheep. Like, like, like what does that actually mean? Like, cute? Is that what it means? Like, what, what does it mean that we are sheep? 
And so, um, what I thought we should do is kind of get a better sense of what this is actually like. Shepherd Kyle. This is what it means. Be nice. I'm talking to the sheep, by the way. This is what it means. <laughs> Please don't hurt me. No, no, no. Don't. First service. She literally, she, right? Yes. <laughs> she, she literally almost went over the edge. It was a, it was a, a very precarious moment. I have a friend who works with sheep more than I do. I know you're watching this and going, really, Jim? You don't do this regularly. <laughs> and uh, she, she doesn't really know me very well. Um, but this is what it means that we are sheep. Do you see yourself? Do you recognize the, you, you thought Drew did a good job last week with that hand thing? <laughs> Justin played with some straw. Um, the Lord is my shepherd. Does that make me a sheep? And, and this is what it, it can be like. And, and, and then the Bible says, that we all like sheep, and it gives some analogies and some metaphors. I've, I've actually tried to get to know her this morning. Yeah, no, I, I promise you, if you're afraid right now, guess how I'm feeling. <laughs> but I just, uh, I just can't help. I probably learned more about myself this morning than I have in a long time. As I think about what it's like. Um, to not want to be led, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. <laughs> What's the next line? Wanting to leave the God that I love. I don't know if she loves me. Do you love me? Okay, tell you what. Do you get the point? Because if you do, I can give it back to the shepherd and we can go on. Come on, come on, come on. You're good, you're good. Listen, you should see the hallway down here. I promise you the sheep was cared for and no sheep were harmed during the making of this sermon. Wow. That's me. That's me. 
And and so we're here this morning to, to learn what does it actually mean when the Bible calls us something? And, and what are the ways in which then the Bible responds to that reality? Can, can you now, anybody else just kind of grow up not around sheep like me? Yeah. Like I, I kind of had no idea that I actually had in my mind far more of like a plastic sheep version. Not knowing if I could actually get a sheep, I thought about just having Drew Moss dress up like one. (laughs) I just thought it would be, in that sense, right, a whole lot easier. It's a lot easier to pretend to be a sheep, to dress up like one and to fake it, than it is to deal with real sheep. And the Bible says, we are sheep. Psalm 23, verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd. Does that make me a sheep? The Bible goes on. It's not just this one place. The Bible goes on. Psalm 100, verse 3. And and notice how there is a, a responsiveness. There's a constant responsiveness of sheep to shepherd or sheep to stranger. Notice that it's not just this blanket statement, you're sheep. It's not, it's not even an accusation as much as it is a revelation of a reality that already exists. Right? It's not always. There are times in which it's necessary, but it's not just, you're sheep. It's, do you realize that you're sheep? Psalm 100, verse 3, says this, Acknowledge that the Lord is God, that he made us, and that we are his, his people, the sheep of his pasture. So there is a a relationship that actually exists when it calls us sheep. It's not a, a derogatory, passing by kind of a statement. It is actually intended, much like the idea of like vineyard, It's actually intended to create an active engagement, to reveal, not not just that we are made in the image of God, which is a much deeper and bigger idea, Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27, but, but although we are made in the image of God, how do you explain my wandering? How do you explain my rebellion? There's more to the story than just we were made in the image of God. There's a part of that story that describes like our, 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 uh, our propensity to, to walk off, our propensity to, to, to fight against, to not want to be a part of. And, and it's interesting, and it's not... And, and then once you're sheep, you're like sweet and cuddly and kind and... No, it, it really kind of carries the metaphor much stronger. It just describes this reality that exists in ourselves. And I mean, I, I just, I needed to see that so that I could have a better understanding of seeing this. And, and then when you look at sheep, and I don't know if you know this, I, this might surprise you. I have studied more about sheep in the last seven days than I have in the rest of my life combined. I, I did not know, for example, that sheep are far more, they're not dumb. That, that wasn't, 
It wasn't acting stupid. Sheep can at times, and with the right kind of intentional direction, can be considered almost on par with monkeys. Had no idea. Like what you and I, like when she almost went over the edge for service. Because she was scared. Have you ever been scared and then done something foolish? You're not dumb. You're scared. Sheep aren't dumb. Did you know that sheep have no ability to care for themselves? Unlike a lot of other animals, like when they're hurt, they can't care for themselves. I did not know this. Somebody actually said to me, well, haven't you seen um, the, the pictures on the internet? I'm like, no, I haven't seen every picture on the internet. There's a number that I haven't seen yet. Um, many that I'm avoiding. It's, I don't know. Well, haven't you seen it? Like sheep that wander off that are by themselves for years and years and years. You, you can Google it. I can't even stop you right, doing that right now. But there are literally sheep that wander off for a very, very long time. They have no ability to deal with their wool. And so they grow into these rather large wool monsters. And, and as their coats grow out, they, they, um, they, they don't stay white and clean, especially when they're left to themselves. No, they, they wander around in their own filth and they kind of roll in it. And unless somebody is there to, to, to help them or to take care of them, they have no ability to clean themselves. So imagine a sheep left alone for six years. No, Google it, it's amazing. It looks deformed, but it has no ability to do anything. Its only means of protecting itself is kicking, I'm grateful it didn't do that to me today, is kicking and running. Incredibly vulnerable. And God says, you're sheep. Describing also our need for care and our inability to care for ourselves and our vulnerability to attack. And that is why, in the goodness of God, he has given sheep shepherds. We, we need shepherds. Do you, do you know that you need help? That you need care? That you need protection? This is one of the things that we really fight against, that... As parents, we deeply desire for our children to become uh, independent, care for themselves. It's your responsibility, right? You got 18 years to make sure that your kids can now go on their own and not need your help, not need your care. I'm, I'm, I'm taking a class right now on the mission of the church, missions in, in the church. And it's interesting just the number of mission-type organizations around the world, but even in the United States. And, and one of the ideas within world missions goes like this, is that when a group of Christians gather together, they should learn to how to take care of themselves. No, I loved it. Who said that? Thank you. That's exactly how I felt about that theology, by the way. Really? Like, we should fight. That was a God moment. Like, we, we should, like, fight and try to be independent? And then we take that mentality? And, and hear me, it's not about just blind dependence. 
It is about recognizing the need and the appropriateness, the limitations of our independence, our interdependence, and our total dependence. Man, we do everything to try to pretend that that we're not sheep and that we don't need a shepherd. I got this. Anything you'd like me to pray for? No, all's good. I got this. We, We just fight against the reality that we need care and protection. We'll do everything to avoid that truth. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 6, which it's, it's interesting, a lot of this sheep ideas, sheep metaphor, isn't even really about the sheep, it's about the shepherd. Right? Like Psalm 23, it's not really about the sheep, it's about the shepherd and what the shepherd does. It's like the, the reality of us finds peace and joy and comfort and direction in the greater reality of God. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 6, which talks about... Um, a lamb before, like a lamb before her shearers is silent. It's describing Jesus and what Jesus is going through. I'm assuming that was a mistake or an accident. There we go. Um, so to recognize that, that there's something that is going on in Isaiah chapter 53, it says this, verse 6, we all went astray like sheep. We have all turned to our own way. There are numerous accounts and numerous stories of of sheep, kind of like in first service, just wandering off a cliff, just blindly following everyone else, and they just wander. Um, One account was a number of sheep in, I believe, Turkey that just wandered off this cliff, and the only thing that saved some of the sheep was the fact that so many other sheep had wandered off and died that they cushioned the blow of some of them. Not stupid. Just following. I watched a video this week that I thought was kind of interesting. It was an experiment, an experiment on people. And they essentially had, imagine a waiting room. And in that waiting room, there were a number of people, and they all knew what was going on. And this one girl that came in and sat down, she had no idea what was going on. And they're waiting to be called in to the doctor. And as they're waiting, there would be a sound, beep. And, and when that beep would happen, everyone that was in on it would just stand up and then sit down. And this one lady had no idea what was happening. Beep! And she just looks around. Beep! She looks around. Third one. Beep! And as she's watching everybody else, she's standing now. Sits back down. And and this goes on for a while. Beep, stand, sit. Beep, stand, sit. Then they decided, well, what's going to happen if we start taking everybody out? (laughs) And so they did. Each one of them were called. And so now this girl is sitting in the room by herself. And the question is, what is she going to do? Beep. All by herself. She had been so conditioned. This happened for a brief period of time. And then, all of a sudden, they thought, I wonder what's going to happen if we bring in a number of other people who have no idea what is going on. What is she going to do? And so they bring in somebody, and they sit down beside her, and literally, the sound goes off, beep, she stands and sits. The second time it happens, the gentleman says to her, excuse me, why are you doing that? She says, I have no idea. 
when I came in, the room was full and everybody was doing it. And so I just thought I should do it too. Beep. Now they both stand and then sit. They keep bringing in more and everyone now is standing. Beep, beep, beep. It's almost like, bah, bah. Finally, somebody comes in. This is you, isn't it? Somebody comes in and sits down, and when everybody's standing, arms folded, I ain't standing. That's dumb. I don't know why you guys are standing. You haven't been here long enough, young man. Finally, after four or five times, he's looking like this. (laughs) Beep, and he stands up, scowling at everybody, and he starts standing. They asked him later on, like, why did you do that? Without any explanation, why did you do that? And, And they just said... I felt better going along with everybody else. It it really did. It it felt strange not being the only one, not standing and sitting, even though I had no idea. They're not dumb. They're just people acting like people act, trying to fit in. Do you remember junior high? Just wanting to not stand out. Do you remember high school? Just wanting to make sure that I'm just part of what everybody else is doing. Do you remember the rest of your life? I just want to fit in. That's what it actually means, interestingly enough, to wander. It's not just that you and I might wander off by ourselves. It's that you and I might wander off just following other people blindly. That's why when we're sheep, we need a shepherd. Jesus picks up this imagery. And and I, I want you to hear partly this morning, I don't want you to just think about yourself. I don't want you to just kind of reflect on your stubborn nature, your waywardness. I want you to reflect on, on the good shepherd. Let's never lose sight this morning um, it's, it's a really kind of a broken way to think if, if really our time this morning is just to, to look at our brokenness or to look at our weakness. No, no, no. It's to look at our weakness with the goodness of God looking over us. It is recognizing that I am a sheep, but I have someone that loves me and cares for me. And in Matthew chapter 9, Jesus takes this analogy of, 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 of sheep and then he Uh, reveals just his attitude about sheep. Um, I I guarantee you, like like people that work with certain animals after a while, they become really, really frustrated by their behavior, by their stubbornness, by their, oh, wait a second, no, that's just people. Right? It's fascinating just watching people. It doesn't have to be them caring for sheep or cows or goats or pigs. It can happen actually in a kindergarten classroom. It can happen in a Sunday school room. It can happen in a marriage. What was at one time one kind of a sweet cuteness now just annoys you. And and Jesus looks at these sheep that are fighting against him that don't want to listen to him. And Jesus' attitude is so interesting. Look at verse 36 of Matthew chapter 9. And when he saw the crowds, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed. Did you see it in her? 
because they were distressed and dejected like sheep without a shepherd. And that's how Jesus looks. That those of us who are sheep and, and, and we're not being cared for like we should or we're not responding like he desires. He continues to look out upon us with, with love and deep compassion. That's why if you're a hand, we, we don't, not only do we not recommend you leave, we want you to know that as a sheep hand, you're in, you're in peril. As a sheep foot, you're, you're in great danger. Now it also needs to be noted that not everyone is a sheep. That I, I want you to realize that the Bible doesn't say God made only sheep. No, there are other animals in the world. Just remember Noah's story? There are other animals in the world. And, and by the way, not everyone in this room is a sheep. At least I highly doubt that that's the case. And so I, want, I don't want you to think, oh, that's sheep. That's all humanity. No, it's not all humanity. Actually, God begins to speak about us as being sheep when he begins to differentiate, when he begins to call out of the mass groups of different animals, he begins to call out a, a group of animals for himself, and he refers to them as sheep. Not everyone is a sheep. Take a look at John chapter 10. Jesus, again, carries this idea. So what does it mean to be a sheep? Jim, if not everybody's a sheep, what's the difference between sheep and goats? Well, Jesus answers this question. Jesus says in John chapter 10, which is where he talks about I being himself, I am the good shepherd. Jesus goes on to say, verses three through five, listen to this. The gatekeeper opens it for him, the pen, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought all of his own outside, he goes ahead of them. The sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will never follow a stranger. Did you see how much she did not want anything to do with me or Kyle? How do you not like Kyle? <laughs> she doesn't know him. They will never follow a stranger. Instead, they will run away from him because they don't know the voice of a stranger. So the, the, the picture that Jesus wants the people of Israel to know is that not everyone is a sheep. If you're wondering if you're a sheep, it's easy. Number one, do you recognize the voice of Jesus? Do you recognize the voice of Jesus? And then this one is the next very natural logical step. Are you following the voice of Jesus? See, wouldn't that be a great question? Like if, if we go back and understand that the question isn't when you were 12, did you give your life to Jesus? The question is not, hey, um, have you had some religious ideas that run through your head? Or did your parents take you to church when you were a kid? No, all those things, I mean, I, I would hope would be true, but that's not the question. The question that Jesus always draws people to is, are you following me? Sheep follow, naturally. Sheep recognize his voice. And by the way, sometimes it looks complicated like that. But Jesus says, that's what happens. Sheep follow the shepherd. 
Not only that, in Matthew chapter 25, turn there, because there's another great story about sheep that, happened, that, that, that exists in the Bible. Jesus in Matthew chapter 25 has a number of judgment parables that he uses. And so many of us know the story about the separating of the sheep from the goats. That, that's why the answer this morning is not just, wow, isn't it great that we're all sheep? No, we're not all sheep. But while we're on the topic, I, I want you to know that um, the great shepherd so desperately desires that you acknowledge that he is the Lord and that he made you and that you are his, you are his people, and you can be the sheep in his pasture, Psalm 100. Matthew 25 says this, beginning in verse 32. All the nations will be gathered before him, all the different animals, and he will separate them one from the other, just as a shepherd separates sheep from the goats. And he'll put the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his right hand and the goats on his left. And then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. When I spent some time yesterday, just because honestly, I was really wondering, is this sheep thing going to work tomorrow? <laughs> And so I went out to my, my friend who's got a place where there are animals, sheep and goats, and I, I thought to myself, because again, you know, I'd seen pictures, I can tell the difference between sheep and goats. And then I get out there, and, and, and how many of you, like my wife, she said, well, I hope she's cute, and I said, well, it's complicated, babe. Um, she doesn't have wool, so she doesn't quite look like a sheep. And, and when I went out, there was one that looked more like a sheep, but it was a lot bigger, and I thought, yeah, I'm not taking that one on the stage. <laughs> is, is that it? I wanted the smallest one in the yard. Is, is that a sheep? No, that's a goat. And so I said to this person much smarter than me, are you sure? <laughs> yeah, uh, those horns. Oh, yeah, horns, that's right. Yeah, sheep don't have horns. At least I don't think sheep have horns. Sheep don't have horns, do they? Okay, this was a goat. I'm just going to say that. This was a goat. And I couldn't tell the difference. Amen. Amen. I couldn't tell the difference. But Jesus can. And Jesus will. And therefore, I, I want you to know and I want you to hear and I, I pray that you would even respond to the shepherd's voice. That's why every time we, we we're done preaching, we want to ask you, would you like to continue the faith conversation? That, that's why we're really looking forward to an opportunity where a number of people will make a public confession in September, later on September, a public confession of their obedience to the shepherd's voice and be united with him in baptism. And if you want to have that conversation, we want to have that conversation with you about faith in Christ and obedience to him and following him. We want you to enjoy the peace that comes and the care that comes and the protection that comes. It's interesting because the real question, can you turn goats into sheep, is not one of biology but one of theology. And the answer is yes. You really can. And as a former goat, let me tell you, the experience is difficult and at times painful, ultimately worth it, and ultimately joyful.
We are sheep in need of a shepherd. Not all of us are. But those of us who hear the voice of the shepherd are. And I want you to hear this morning right now, if you do not know the voice of the shepherd, you have not responded to the voice of the shepherd, um, there are so many small s shepherds who after the service that would love to speak with you about what that looks like and about our experience following the shepherd. One last thing that just needs to be discussed in talking about sheep and having a shepherd, that yes, there is the great shepherd, the Lord is our great shepherd, and there is Jesus, the good shepherd. And I'm grateful for those things, but God just doesn't leave us alone in that sense. That yes, God is the greatest shepherd, and Jesus just loves us perfectly, but part of the love that the great shepherd has shown us and that the good shepherd has provided for us is by giving us other shepherds to help care for us. Sheep shepherds, we might call them. That's what Morgan read about in John. Jesus says to Peter, if you really love me as a sheep, Peter, I want you to care for the other sheep. I I want you to rise up and to recognize your responsibility. I've been thinking about and praying about this week the number of levels of, of shepherding that actually exists. Mom, dad, do you look at the family that God has entrusted you and just recognize the kind of care and the kind of protection that is needed? Do you recognize the kind of danger that actually exists? And is it not true that you and I are so keenly aware of things like physical dangers? And and actually our guards go way down on the spiritual ones. Oh, kids will be kids. Oh, we all do that in high school. You know what? They're college kids. What did you expect? You know what? He's 50. He'll never change. Moms, dads of all ages, do you recognize that God loved your children so much, that God loved you so much, that he gave you shepherds called parents? Do do you recognize, you know, there are leaders and there are leaders. Do you look at the relationships in your life And and recognize that there is a responsibility that you have to speak up and speak out. And not just on social issues that is so easy to do. But about wandering and waywardness and stubbornness and selfishness. Let's not just think of the negative. But speaking positively and encouragingly of like love and devotion and commitment. Maybe because Drew mentioned it last week. But somebody said to me, just, hey, you know, I guess Drew asked us to be thankful for people. I'm just so thankful for you. And it's just a couple that has been here longer than I've been here. And, and, I, and, and, and hear me, I just, I, I thought to myself, I got to tell them, thank you for you. For all that, oh, we don't do much. I don't think that's true. Leaders and leaders, do you recognize your responsibility to help care for those around you? But, but that's really not what, what Jesus speaks about most, what Paul describes most, what even Peter describes in his letter most. Um, there's just no way to, not without spending a few moments, just really describing those that God has made to be the shepherds of the flock. We, we call them elders and not because they're elderly, Although some are. But because God has 
anointed them, that God has appointed them. And do you realize that one of the best ways for you and I, because I'm also a sheep shepherd, so I have to as well, one of the best ways that you and I can demonstrate our devotion to God is by submitting, this just bristles against my Americanness. It just bristles against my independence. It, it may, you know what, when I hear those words like to submit and to, to go along with, and it just, you know what, I feel like a sheep. Right? Like that, that's your objection when you hear the word submit or be submissive. And, and, and that same cynicism that you and I have, that same skepticism that you and I have, here's a question. For those of us that really have this, and I can be that guy, that those of us that can really have this, are we not just going along with the rest of culture that is just tired and skeptical of authority and institutional structures that are by their nature oppressive? Man, that is such a sheep response, and I don't mean the good kind of sheep response. That is such a ding response. For Jesus gives us a counter-revolutionary way to respond to authority. To authority. And God loves us so much. I don't know, I mean, yeah, I might, I'm going to ask you here in a moment to do this, but when was the last time you prayed for our elders, for courage and discernment? When was the last time you just stopped and, and just reflected on the fact that um, the church cannot maintain its moral purity. It cannot maintain its witness without the protection of a group of men who are devoted to care for the flock. That's why Morgan read from Acts 20. Acts 20 is, P, is, is Paul's farewell address to the Ephesian elders. Uh, probably spent more time with the church at Ephesus than any other church. And he is weeping because he doesn't think he's going to see them again. And he knows what the future is going to hold for them. Be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as overseers. Shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. This is the way that God loved for it, the great shepherd, and he cared for it. Care for it like that. If he died for it, you die for it. For greater has no love than this, than to give his life, which the great shepherd did. For I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Men will rise up, even from your own number, and distort the truth and lure disciples into following them. Not at Sunnybrook. Yes. Well, what are we going to do about it? God's already done something about it. He has given us his word. He has indwelled, indwelled within us his spirit and he has, and I believe there is both a supernatural and then a godly maintained natural, which is still supernatural, when the, the church and the spirit recognize that he has put over us people to help care for us. Um, I, 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 I live in a normal family, and we're not perfect. No, we go through all the struggles that everybody else goes through, and there was, it was a time when, um, when my boys were, were struggling with some things. And, and I just felt that as a, as a sheep shepherd, 
that it was responsible or the responsibility of us to be very honest about this struggle that we were going through as a family. And, and, and I knew that I could easily share this with my staff and I knew that I should share this with my fellow elders. And so we went as a family and we stood before them and we described the struggle that we were going through and tears were just were, were, were plentiful that night. As, as we talked about, as we repented of the sin. And, and the elders spoke truth into their lives. It reminded them that we, we love you and we're here and we, we care for you and we're so glad that, that, that you have seen this and recognized this. And then I'll never forget one elder, he's so kind and gentle, and, and he spoke these words, and I hope that you see the effects of sin and how it can be so damaging to a family. I'm so glad my boys were able to hear that. And I don't want to say which ones it was because they're both missionaries now in other parts of the world. And um, what, what was really actually even more beautiful was just our conversations in the years to follow. Because as you can probably guess, I was kind of nervous about doing that as a family. So how would you guys think of that? And and both of them have said many, many, many times, Dad, it just confirmed what I already knew. We've got great elders, don't we? Yeah, we do, son. We do. It's not a fluke. It's not magic. It's the Spirit. So this morning, what we want to do, and we've been doing this all through the series, is we're going to spend some moments in reflection. Reflecting on the goodness and the greatness of God and reflecting on our own stubborn and rebellious nature. And we will spend a few moments just thinking through a few questions. And I want to encourage you to do so prayerfully and reflectively on what God's word has revealed to us today.